text is the epistle lesson for this Sunday from Romans 13. Comedian Henny Youngman once said, I have a very fine doctor. If you can't afford the operation, he touches up the x-rays. If you go to a doctor to get patched up, that's not what you expect. But nowadays, you might very well get patched up literally. You've got your nicoderm or habitrol, lepatch for weight loss and orthoevra for birth control. These days, getting patched up at the doctor's office may have more to do with internal than external medicine. More and more medications are being delivered by an adhesive patch worn on your arm, thigh, or derriere, or all of the above. A guy showed up at the cardiologist for a two-week follow-up appointment complaining about one of his medications. It's the patch, he said. The nurse told me to put on a new one every six hours, and I've run out of places to put them. The doctor had him undress quickly and confirmed what he hoped wasn't true. That patient had more than 50 patches stuck all over his body. They changed the instructions to remind patients to remove the old one before you slap another one over it. There's even a new kind of patch that fits over four tiny holes in an employee's skin and continuously monitors his or her blood alcohol level and signals it to a receiver. That way pilots can be grounded, nuclear power plant workers can be taken off the switch, and vehicles be disabled with an ignition lock system keeping the would-be drunk off the road. I'm sure employers would welcome this and employees resist it. Nobody wants to be monitored that closely. Okay, what if we could monitor our moral and spiritual development with the application of some sort of sin patch? Or worse, maybe, what if there were a patch that could tell others instantly that you were lying or lusting or living out some kind of addiction? Think there'd be some major pushback over that? You bet. It's a whole lot safer, we think, to keep those secrets to ourselves. But here's the thing. We're at the first Sunday in Advent, and no secrets can be kept from God. This is a season of preparation. Our text from Romans has embedded in it not only images of moving from darkness to light, from slumber to awareness, but both negative and positive instructions. On the one hand, we're advised to be aware of the destructive behaviors that do nothing but gratify the desires of the flesh rather than nurturing the spirit. The apostle uses words like darkness, reveling, drunkenness, sensuality, quarreling, jealousy, we might hope that as we prepare for the coming of the Christ child, we would need neither a sin patch nor a skin patch to alert us to these kinds of behaviors, and that we would understand how inappropriate these actions are 
for anyone who wishes to visit the manger at Bethlehem. That is the function of the law, as Paul told us earlier in this epistle, to warn us. Like some medical implant, God has embedded under our skin, in our heads, a conscience that accuses or maybe even excuses us when we fail to conform to his righteous plans. Those plans, then, have been not only revealed to Moses in the law, but also implanted in our hearts, to use Paul's exact words. So when Paul uses this unchristian list of nasties here in the text, he is not Grinch-like trying to ruin your Christmas, but to save it. Reveling, drunkenness, debauchery, quarreling, and jealousy are a part of too many celebrations. On the other hand, Paul encourages us to put on the Lord Jesus, a clothing metaphor, which is a favorite of the apostle, especially in connection with our baptism, in which he says we put on Christ and are clothed with his righteousness instead of our sin. Paul uses the metaphor while being quite aware that there are too many wardrobe malfunctions among the people of God. Put off, therefore, he would say, the garments of unrighteousness. And here, as elsewhere, he says, put on the Lord Jesus. Christ Jesus, our Advent patch, the Advent person, the Advent reminder. This season is about him. It is not about us except as how we relate to him. It is a time to wake from sleep and cast off the works of darkness because that day, the last day, is near. Instead of a sin patch, Paul advocates a different therapeutic method, to put on the armor of light and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul urges his readers to get patched up and prepared for a life lived in and for the inbreaking kingdom of God, rather than to continue in the sins of the past or the sins of the moment. Rather than behaving in a way that sends out the signals of sin, Paul argues that we put on the Lord Jesus and thereby send out signals of righteousness. While we expend a lot of effort to keep our real selves a secret from those around us, we need to remember that God has already been engaged in continuous monitoring of our spirits. No sin patch is necessary for the omniscient. The one who created us always knows the truth of what's flowing back and forth inside us, whether it's healthy or diseased, sober or soused. Other people will figure us out, too, by watching us over a period of time. Keeping secrets, particularly ones involving our own behavior, is a full-time job. As Thomas Carlyle, the 19th century British sage, once noted, he who has a secret should not only hide it, but hide that he has it to hide. With all that hiding going on, it's no wonder that Somehow, even our best-kept secrets eventually see the light of day. How much better, then, it is to let God's law reveal them so that his gospel can forgive them.
The Advent patch indicates to everyone that the wearer is fully filled with Christ, though the life bringing through <clears throat> though the life bringing healing power of Christ has to be applied to us patch like from the outside by the Holy Spirit. The presence of Christ fills us on the inside. And that way, then, we are also filled with love for God and neighbor, which is a fulfilling of the law, as Paul says right before this epistle reading. What if airlines and other employers took a similar perspective? To encourage employees to put on their best behavior and follow positive models, rather than being saddled with a sin patch. A sin patch only identifies the problems within and manages life from the negative, you're naughty and we have to watch you closely perspective. In other words, the patch that pilots or truck drivers or power plant workers may be forced to wear is an attempt at managing the sinners in the group, while in effect punishing the other employees and thus bringing about corporate dis-ease. Most healthy companies will tell you that the more policies, procedures, monitoring, and meddling that employees have to deal with, the more problems you're going to have. As Jim Collins puts it in his book, Good to Great, most companies build their bureaucratic rules to manage the small percentage of the wrong people on the bus, which in turn drives away the right people on the bus, which then increases the need for more bureaucracy to compensate for the incompetence and lack of discipline, which then further drives the right people away, and so forth. Given that reality, we should realize that patches don't work. Wholehearted renovations and rebirth is what we were called upon for. Given that reality, we should realize that anything we attempt solely on our own in order to solve the problem of sin in our lives is a mere patch job, a band-aid. Given that reality, it seems that a sin patch like those of the Spectra RX company developed will have a limited effect as people who will normally break the rules will continue to find a way to break them anyway, while the good guys are locked into a culture of fear and eventually move on. Law and a law approach is like those commercials you keep seeing on TV with the dental monitor that doesn't fix cavities and the robbery monitor that doesn't stop bank robberies. What good is drawing attention to something if you don't fix it? Rather than focus on the how of sin and the appropriate punishment, we should be focused on the who of Christ, to rise to the perfect model of grace and truth. And this is implied by what Paul says in verse 14 when he urges the Romans to make no provision for the flesh. That is, don't focus on the sin because it can tend to keep drawing you back into it as you obsess over it. Instead, focus on the freedom and the health that you can receive through wearing a relationship with Christ. Focus on forgiveness. Concentrate on Christ. Truth is, we can't hide our sin, whatever it is. Eventually, it all comes to the surface. But the biblical definition of sin, missing the mark, 
is broad enough to characterize just about anything that keeps us from experiencing the fullness of the image of God for which we were created. Advent calls us not to sweep under the rug, but to throw out of the house all of those things that pollute and bother us. The flip side is that we also can't hide our relationship with Christ if we are truly putting on his character in our lives, applying his prescription of love and grace and forgiveness to every word and deed. The only sign of his coming we need for Advent is the one alluding to the Book of Ruth that was carried by a hitchhiker with a strong Bible knowledge. Whither thou goest, I will go. That's what we say when we've put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever God goes, we will go. Whatever he wills, that we will do. Whatever he gives us is all that we treasure. No patch job, but a thoroughgoing recreation to serve him in his kingdom, in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness throughout Advent, Christmas, and always. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.